0: Lights, welcome to this weekend Marvel episode number three hundred and sixty-three. I'm Ryan, aka Agent M, and I'm joined by a very special guest this week.
1: Hey, it's me, Lorraine Singh from Earth's Mightiest Show and Beyond. <laughs> Top news is that it's
0: Spider-Geddon Week. Excuse me, Spider-Geddon Week. Ooh. and in conjunction with that, I sit down with Executive Editor Nasty Nick Lowe for a Spider Primer on things both verse and Geddon. It's very exciting.
1: Verse being the Spider-Verse and in being like, get in here, Spider-Man. You're all going to die.
0: Oh, boy. Is that what it is? (laughs) It's puns time.
1: I'm here for you and for your puns.
0: Uh, the interview this week is with Surefire Shauna McGuire to talk about Spider Gwen, Ghost Spider, her love of X Men, and
1: so much more. Lorraine, what do you what do you got on our Spider Show this week? Well, this week we had a big New York Comic Con roundup. Uh, we have an awesome, awesome uh, sort of breakdown of our favorite moments, and there's lots of cool cosplay and all kinds of stuff. So if you weren't there at the con, it's a great way to get a, like a little refresher on what was there and what was cool.
0: Yeah, so you get a little sampling, and then you can see. Everything at marvel.com slash NYCC 2018. Now it's on to things we're hyped about this week, comma, including
1: news. Comma, including news. Yeah. My favorite. <laughs> I wrote it in there and I feel like it,
0: it needs to be said. Uh, <laughs> so much was revealed last week during New York Comic Con. So if you missed anything, we release daily episodes. So dip back to those with all the details. And again, go to marvel.com slash NYCC 2018.
1: But Ryan, yes. there there is news because mm. you are not here in real life on this day. You are somewhere else. Yes,
0: yes. By the time y'all are listening to this episode, I'll be wrapping up my time in Austin for Mondo's MCU 10th anniversary opening event. I will have posted pictures on Agent M and Marvel and This Week in Marvel social pages. And we'll have interviews with some of the artists and creative directors behind the awesome event that we'll be using for future This Week in Marvel
1: goodness. Hey, Ryan, if yes. nobody's ever heard of Mondo, what is Mondo?
0: Mondo is a wonderful art Studio slash... All Things Cool? Yeah, they make uh, they make posters, they make toys, they make games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make a really cool game based on John Carpenter's The Thing, which is dope. But they do a lot of posters for uh, Marvel, for Marvel Films.
1: Haven't they also done records? Did I make yes. that up? Yes.
0: No, you are not making that up. They okay, definitely yeah. do records. Uh, they release, I think, all of our shows that are on Netflix they release yeah uh, a with lot the of our-
1: colored albums that mm-hmm. are uh, in the color genre of so like purple colored blue vinyl. for colored vinyl for purple blue for Jessica yellow for Luke Cage yeah. yada yada
0: yeah I have uh, a little bit of a record collector and I have a lot of cool colored vinyl so they do some really nice stuff and their packaging is great uh, they make toys they do a whole bunch of stuff pins
1: they make, oh yeah those uh, cool enamel pins they're That's great awesome. Oh, we also have a cool thing coming up. Our friends at the ECHL dropped dates for Marvel superheroes themed games. Specialty jerseys. You guys, that's hockey if you don't know. I'm just putting it out there because I don't play a lot of sports ball, but I know this. There's no ball in, in hockey. Yes, there is. It's called a puck. Uh, character uh. appearances and other events uh, for their 2018 to 2019 hockey season. We have dates and info on Marvel.com. Uh, I love,
0: I have a, a Captain America themed Reading Royals jersey from... Last year, the first year, we did this with the ECHL. I was actually at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash in Jersey where we did a live stream announcing the partnership, and it was fun. They gave me a jersey. It says Agent M on the back. And I'm psyched that we're continuing this, and it's getting bigger and better.
1: You, too, can look like Kevin Smith if you also get a hockey jersey that is comic book related.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's great. It's terrific. Uh, That store is awesome, too. Uh, And this year, they're doing Black Panther jerseys, or just stuff. Like, they're doing all kinds of things around us So Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Ant-Man.
1: They're tiny. No, they're no, not. No, they're not? Okay. I, <laughs> I think they're normal-sized.
0: Uh, it's super fun. Uh, send us emails or tweets or Facebook messages if you are an ECHL fan, would love to know. And if you're going to any of the games, again, all the dates and info
1: are on Marvel.com. Oh, but you know what? There's something really, really big coming up next week. I can't believe it's only a week away from now. October 19th marvel's daredevil season three it's here
0: yeah well it's almost here
1: it's almost here it'll be here it's on its way
0: when will then be now
1: now, now? Soon. Ah, Spaceballs reference. If yes. you haven't seen that movie, what are you even doing? Go watch it. Come back.
0: Yeah, stop ever listening to our podcast and just
1: watch Spaceballs <laughs> over and over again. Honestly, I don't know how I would have gotten through my formative years without that film.
0: Yes. So we're uh, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff around Marvel's Daredevil Season 3. Uh, we're doing some stuff for Earth's Mightiest Show.
1: Yeah, that's right. We're going to do a big Earth's Mightiest Show special episode on Thursday. Do not miss it. We are going to be showing it on all of the social medias and all of the things. We have a whole bunch of breakdowns. And if you need a refresher, if you're like, hey, wasn't that like two years ago? I need to be updated. We're going to have a big ASAP recap that's going to get you guys all up to date on everything you need to remember and or if you miss some episodes to be caught up and get into season three.
0: Yeah. So uh for This Week in Marvel, I want to pose out a question of the week, which is, what are you most excited to see in Marvel's Daredevil season three, which debuts exclusively on Netflix October 19th? You can tweet your answers using Hashtag This Week in Marvel. Email them to Marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisweekinmarvel. On the Marvel's pull list tip, uh, if you are not subscribed to that feed, what are you doing? First, watch Spaceballs, then go subscribe <laughs> to Marvel's pull list. And the top books from this week's episode, Tucker and I, uh, our favorites were Captain America, Exiles, X-Men Black Mojo, and spider Garden. And you're oh. like, why do you keep saying spider Garden? Because it's so metal. Like that. No. One, yes. <laughs> Two, you have to listen to my conversation with Nick Lowe for the Spider- spider Garden primer to find out. Let's go to do that right now.
2: Nick, I'm excited. <laughs> How excited are you to talk about spider Uh First of all, I need yes. to correct your pronunciation. Please. It's pronounced spider Garden. Okay. So- This being a (coughs) Spider-Geddon primer, Exactly,
0: Uh, you know, the the series is fully underway now. We've got issue zero. We've got issue one on sale now. And we think it's time to get y'all the sweet deets on what is happening and how to better understand Spider-Geddon. I don't know how. um, Well, we need to dig into the 2014 story that really kicked this
2: all off. Spider-Verse. I need to correct your pronunciation again. That's actually pronounced Spider-Verse. I am not replicating that because I can't. Fair enough. Uh, so like Ryan said, Spider-Verse was a 2014 Spider event, and that brought together every Spider-Man ever. They came together because there were these beings called the Inheritors, led by Morlin, which is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains of all time.
0: Were you at Marvel when Morlin started?
2: No, no. I was just a fanboy out in the world reading and loving Amazing Spider-Man at that time. But in Spider-Verse, we find out that Moreland has a whole family. He's got uh, five siblings and a dad. And we find out a mom, but there's a terrifying backstory with her. Anyway, they're going from universe to universe, basically eating spider totems, which is what Spider-Man is. And so all the spiders came together to fight the Inheritors. And they won. And they marooned the Inheritors on a radioactive world because radioactivity is the one weakness of the Inheritors. Otherwise... They're unstoppable. They're basically like all Captain Marvels. You know, the most powerful character in the Marvel universe. I'm familiar. And so they trapped them in a bunker on a radioactive world. Not to, so they're not killing them, but they're that's their way they they solved that problem. And that was how we ended.
0: And that was it. Spider Verse.
2: That was the last you'd see of the Inheritors ever.
0: Yeah. And uh, within Spider Verse, we saw uh, a number of. Spiders lose their lives.
2: Indeed. It was was a really intense story. It was very intense. It was very sad at times. And it's an exhilarating story. You can see all these characters have amazing moments. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun, Ryan. We needed more. Ooh. So what is Spider-Gadden? So Spider-Gadden is the revenge of Spider-Verse. So Dan Slott wrote Mm Spider-Verse back in 2014. And he had an idea back then, and while he kept on writing Amazing Spider-Man, for a follow-up to it, a sequel. We just never found the right time to do it. And as his run was was coming down, he had these other stories he wanted to tell even more. But we couldn't let this one go. It was too good. And so we brought in Christos Gage to kind of take the, the main chair, take some ideas of Dan's, and they talked a bunch, and and, and we rolled it into Spider-Gadon. And the key, it all starts with Otto Octavius, Mm. the superior octopus who used to be the superior Spider-Man. And he was in the original Spider-Verse. In there, he saw the Inheritor technology. Now, what made the Inheritors immortal was they had this crazy cloning technology that if you killed one of them, they immediately were reborn into a new body. And so they were just really unkillable. Doc saw that. And so... Uh, he went through a bunch of stuff in Amazing Spider-Man, a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of, bunch of, bunch of crazy stuff, but he came out stronger, and he became the superior Octopus and a hero, or at least someone who wants to be a hero. But he doesn't do superheroing in the way the rest of us do. And so, as we saw in Superior Octopus number one, which kicked off Doc October, as we call this year's October, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I think everyone calls it that. Uh, naturally, it is now a holiday. Yeah, Doc October. What we found out was that one of his superheroing methods was to use their cloning technology along with the Jackals' cloning technology to have backup bodies in case something happened to him. Something does happen to him that one shot, I don't want to spoil it, but I will spoil this aspect but he comes back in that same issue. Mm-hmm. And what he doesn't realize is because he's using Inheritor technology is they notice, mm-hmm. and it opens the door. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Oof. And, and so uh, not only did they notice, but the Web Warriors knows. Do you remember who the Web Warriors are? I remember some of them, but could you give us a rundown <laughs> of all our Web Warriors? You're darn tootin' I can, Ryan. Yeah. So the Web Warriors was a great series that came out of Spider-Verse, Uh, Some of your favorite characters from there are, of course, Spider-Gwen, Spider-UK, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Punk. I mean, he calls himself Spider-Man, but everyone else calls him Spider-Punk. He's pretty much the greatest. Uh, Spider-Ham. The actual greatest spider character. I have to interject
0: real quick that mm-hmm. in the original Spider-Verse, the original, there is naked Spider-Ham. There certainly is. So
2: it was the most nudity I've ever put into a comic. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and and there's Spider-Man India and the, the Bosley of this group, if, if, that's, if I'm getting the metaphor right here, uh, was Karn, who used to be an inheritor, mm-hmm. an inheritor who went good. And he's wearing this Master Weaver helmet. And he is the master of the web of life and destiny. And that's how you can travel from universe to universe if you're a Spider character, through these handy-dandy web watches. Which, uh, Anyway, Karn notices as well. So he marshals the web warriors back together who just finished their mission, pretty much, from the end of Spider-Verse. And they go to stop Doc Ock from using that cloning technology. But it's a little too late. Uh Uh-oh. And in Spider-Gannon, number one the inheritors step out of his cloning tubes and all hell breaks loose. Dun, dun, dun. There are deaths. Characters that you love die. Yeah. I don't want to get issue. too
0: deep into that because that's not gonna this spoil week.
2: It. I'm not going to spoil it. So,
0: but I do want to talk about some of the other characters that oh. are involved in spider geddon
2: Oh, in spider Geddon. It is an all-out war again, and so they go out and get some of their the most powerful characters they can, like one of my favorites, who is Supidaman, who is mine too. Uh, he is the star of the live-action Toei uh, Japanese Spider-Man show from the 1970s. He has a giant robot called Leopardon that transforms from a giant like f- spaceship Ship called Marveler, called, called the Marveler, and so they they go and get him. Oh, the, the Renew Your Vows family, which is a, a, an addition to this. So there's a whole new universe with the Renew Your Vows family that they go and get. Uh, they go and get Spider, as I call her, which is the uh, Gerard Way Jake Wyatt-created character f- who first debuted in Edge of Spider-Verse, and it was an Edge of spider Kevin as well. She's awesome. She's got this big robot. Who else do they get? But they got a bunch, but I, oh, one of our oh, core characters. Oh, yes. Go, please, go on. Smiles Morales. Oh. So Miles, really, this Spider-Gadden story is one of the interesting things about it. It's about Miles, and it's about Otto Octavius. They are the central characters. Mm. Part of that reason is because Moreland goes off to fight our universe's Peter Parker, and he's got his hands full, and and there's a whole tie-in series of Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, where it is one of the most knockdown, drag-out Spider-Man battles of all time, yet again with Moreland. It's so good. But that leaves Miles and Otto at the core of this. And they end up kind of going their own way and trying to recruit people for the Spider Army to face the Inheritors. But it's so much about Miles' journey. It's so much about Otto's journey and what they do in this series. And uh, and we dig hard into them. And Spider-Gwen is also a pretty central character. And we kick off a new series called Spider-Gwen colon Ghost Spider. Yeah. Now, what is? does that mean? What does Ghost Spider mean, Ryan? Oh, I, I, do you want to tell him? No. That's do you know? What I, yeah, I do. I have a a whole set of notes about oh, well, they, them no uh, who gave him my notes stole did I did I, oh, I sent them okay i yeah, I sent them well, no, let's not tell them because no, it's part of the story them. there's
0: spoilers there's more uh you you've been hitting so many of the great characters oh. i I wanted to talk about oh, uh, there's a major one we haven't talked about, which is did you know that there a new video game came out recently? You mean the one that I've already platinumed. Uh, it, you
2: mean the greatest video game of all time yes Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 oh my God it is amazing and that character is also a pretty main player in Spider geddon mm, yeah I mean he made his Marvel comics debut in Spider geddon number zero which is terrific uh, really great so uh, fun. Christos Gage and Clayton Crane Clayton
0: beautiful Crane. issue
2: uh,
0: but we you know there's uh the Spider force we're gonna see Kane we're gonna see oh, yeah. Spider
2: Woman we're gonna see and Spider Force written by Christopher Priest. Art by Paolo Sacara It is gorgeous, and mm-hmm. the story is Cuckoo Benunus. Christopher Priest, I've never worked with him before, and he breaks my mind on a nearly weekly basis. Oh, this is basis. the first time you worked with the him? first time I've ever worked with him.
0: Wow. First He's time. So
2: He's a legend. Le-
0: legend is probably the, the best way to describe him. Uh, so we've talked about a bunch of the characters. We've hinted and talked a- around some of the books, but I really want to dig in. First, we've got Edge of Spider-Gun, which is a four-issue limited yep. series.
2: Every issue is sold out. Sorry. But. If you didn't get them. We've gone back with second printings of all of them. You can get them. A lot of them. So uh, the the last two will be on sale uh, for their second printings on Halloween itself. The the rest of them, you should be able to find a second printing at your local store. But that has been really cool for us. A P.D. and Spider-Ben, Jason Latour, Tanchi Zanjic, and Bram Revel uh, did this amazing story. Wasn't ready for that one. When I read that, I was like, oh. It is intense oh. and it's wonderful. Yeah. And like it is a, a Peter Parker and Ben Parker who are basically a duo, an amazing duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they fight crime together. The wisecracking teenage jerk and the, you know, blue collar, awesome uncle. And they go fight crime together and it's amazing. Yep. We have a Norman Osborn spider character. Real Aaron creepy. Cooter wrote and drew. We've got spider punk in the first issue. We got spider in the second issue. That's so fun. We've also got, oh, there's a Spider-Girls miniseries, mm-hmm. three-issue miniseries. Jody Hauser writes it. Andres Genolet draws it. That stars Mayday Parker from the MC2 universe. It used to be Spider-Girl. And then she, at the end of Spider-Verse, she became Spider-Woman. Heck yeah. Uh, that involves the Renew Your Vows Annie Mae Parker, also the daughter of Peter and MJ from her own universe. And it also includes... Anya Corazon, the Spider-Girl and Aranya of the Marvel Universe proper. The three of them team up because they have a side mission as well that's core to all three of who they are, and it is so cool. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna
0: Those come out a little bit, but, you know, we, we did the Edge of Spider-Geddon yeah. stories, and then Spider-Geddon number zero, yep. where we introduced uh, the Spider-Man from the video game, along Indeed. with Tarantula from that universe, which Indeed. I loved. Great design. But...
2: We I, I want to make sure we, we highlight who is doing Spider-Geddon proper. Oh, yeah. Christos Gage stepped in to the writer's chair and sat down in it and is doing an unbelievable job. He wrote Spider-Geddon, Zero, as well as One through Five. He worked on the video game. That's partially why he wanted to jump at Zero and bring in that video game character. But he has the biggest, craziest story that you've probably ever seen in Spider-Pages. It is... So huge and mind-bending and trying to wrap your head around it. He handles it like like it's nothing. We need a good artist to help bring this to life, though. We need a a great artist. Mm. And that great artist is Jorge Molina. Oh, very Uh, good. Mexico's own Jorge Molina. Such a nice guy and an even better artist. The first two issues are immaculate. They're so beautiful. He inked himself in the first one. We've got Jay Leisten inking the second one. And the colors by David Curiel through the whole thing. It's magic. We've also got Carlo Barbary coming in to help us on on some stuff just because this comes out every two weeks. And no one artist can handle that schedule. Mm -hmm. But it's so beautiful. And the story they're weaving is crazy and so heartfelt and crushing at times. Uh, but it is such a great series. I want to make sure... My mind just swimming with, with Spider-Gwen. Sure is.
0: We have to give our creative team for Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider. Oh,
2: yes. Okay, so one of our new rising star writers, Shannon McGuire, uh, she is an incredible novelist, and she only recently made her Marvel Comics debut. She did an awesome X-Men annual... She's terrific. She's writing the new Spider Gwen Ghost Spider series with Rosie Campy on the art and Ian Herring on colors. And that story is so cool as well. What you find out is that Gwen is somehow stranded on a different universe and she has no way to get back. And how does she do that? And who is the Green Goblin of this universe? Is there a Peter Parker in this universe? What is her life like? How does it relate to her? And how the heck does she get back with no web watch? Dun dun dun!
0: I, I don't know. Uh, You mentioned our Peter Parker and indeed. his involvement. It's going to be in the pages of
2: Peter Parker: Spectacular Spider-Man. And, uh, indeed, number three, eleven through three, thirteen, written by Sean Ryan, art by Juan Fregari, and colors by Jason Keith. It gives Peter Parker the worst beating I've seen him get since the first Moreland appearance. He starts off. It, it's such a beautiful first issue of this of this tie-in. He starts off, he's just finished stopping some crime and he's exhausted. He's been up for more than 24 hours. He's. I just need to get home to sleep when he gets walloped by Moreland. And when you see how Moreland got there, you're going to cry because that's awful too. So not only is he sleep deprived, but he's facing the worst villain he's ever faced. And he's got to face him with no sleep and no advantages. And it is brutal. For me, it's up there with the, like the juggernaut issue when when Peter can't find a way to stop him. It's up there with the first Morland appearance, and I know that's sacrilege, because that's probably my favorite Spider-Man story. Wow, It's right up there with Superior Spider-Man for me, like the end of Superior Spider-Man. But it is so good. It's so good. Looking forward to it. There's one more tie-in, Ryan. I think it's time. What is our last tie-in you want to talk about? There's a special two-issue treat that's called The Vault of Spiders. And in that, it is an anthology book that has some of the coolest, craziest stories you can imagine. In issue one, we have a web-slinger story for a character that we, we just introduced in Spider-Verse, which is a cowboy Spider-Man. He's got a horse that has a little spider mask on it. Aww. He's got a couple guns. One might be a web gun. You may have to read to find out. But that one's written by Cullen Bunn with art by Javier Polito. They're oh terrific together. That's just one story in that first one. Just, but how could we have more? Because <laughs> it's huge. We have a spider Man story in it that is going to blow everyone's minds. It is written by Jed McKay, art by Sheldon Vella, who is one of the co-creators of one of my favorite Deadpool villains, Macho Gomez. It is so fitting with the television show. It could just be an, an another episode of that television show. And it is one of the most beautiful things you'll ever see. Can't wait. We also have in that issue Nyla Magruder, comes back. She's done a couple little things for us, but she is an, an indie cartoonist and, and writer and artist, but she's writing a cool story about called Spider Bite B-Y-T-E about a digital spider person with art by Alberto Albuquerque. We have James Asmus and Juan Gedeon doing a savage Spider-Man story, which is Peter Parker and his parents crash land a jet into the savage land and they perish, and he's raised by a tribe of giant mutant spiders, and it's also bananas and it's so cool and there's a whole framing story for it and that's just issue one issue two cullen bunn comes back with mark Bagley on art for a story called spider's man i'm not even gonna tell you what that's about it is gross though i don't like the name it is straight up gross Mm-mm. uh that also has maybe my favorite story of it all which is spider Mam who we met in a what if years and years ago. We saw her again in Spider-Verse, which is if Aunt May got bit by the spider. She's got this delightful costume. And so we get actually way more of her backstory in this than we've ever gotten written by Ryan North art by Dave Williams. It's fantastic. Oh, and there's one other story there written by Jeffrey Thorne about, uh, Captain Stacy who got bitten by a spider and he's a cop and a spider. And it's I love it. so cool. So good. Oh, my gosh. Whew. Nick. And I think that's everything. How are you alive putting all these amazing books together? I don't know if I am. Is this happening? <laughs> Is this the afterlife? Are, there... are we in lost? Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, Nick. Are Jack, there... we got to go back. <laughs> are there any other cool
0: <laughs> spider and tidbits you want to share?
2: Other than spoilers, I think that's everything I can say without ruining the story for yeah. everyone. Everybody, check out.
0: All the cool Spider Gun stuff. Spider Gun. Uh, it's so good, so exciting. You can see how excited Nick is. Uh, he's loving it. Uh, Creators are having fun, which means the comics are going to be super fun, super great. And big
2: shout out to assistant editor Kathleen Wisneski, who I think I might be putting into an early grave with all the Spider Gun stuff, but she is so great. And she's editing the Spider Girls and a bunch of the other stuff too. So Heck yeah. And Devin Lewis about is about editing say, sp- Spider what about Gwen. Devin? He's doing uh, Spider Gwen Ghost Spider. And he's amazing, too. He's just not doing as much of the rest because he's got, I mean, the Venom books or something. I don't know. I've never heard of them. (laughs) Thank you,
3: Nicholas.
0: Uh, Thank you, everybody, for checking this out. Check out Spider-Geddon right now. Thank you, Nasty Nick Lowe. And thank you to our advertiser, Marvel MasterCard, this week. Attention, comic book fans. Did you know you could be earning cashback rewards for buying comic books?
1: But how?
0: With the Marvel MasterCard. Learn how at marvelmastercard.com TWIM. You could earn 3% cashback rewards paid as a statement credit on comic books, movies, restaurants, and more with the Marvel MasterCard. And 1% cashback rewards paid as a statement credit on all other purchases.
1: And there's no limit to the cash back rewards that you can earn. Enjoy special
0: Marvel benefits like three months of a Marvel Unlimited subscription.
1: Ooh. And you can choose your superhero from one of six cool card designs, too, like Iron Man, Black Panther, and Spider-Man, just to name a few. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Visit marvelmastercard.com TWIM to learn more and apply today. marvelmastercard.com TWIM. Now, if you got your Marvel MasterCard, you should be using it to get your spider Gwen books. Uh, and one of them will be Spider-Gwen Ghost Spider, which is written by Shauna McGuire. Seanan is awesome. Um, also,
1: I... I hear she's a swamp enthusiast. Is that a... Is that's a... a true fact. Yeah? Yeah, that's just like a fun fact that you should know.
0: I don't... What is this swamp thing? <laughs>
1: uh, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Her and Langston had a big conversation about how she's into swamps. She's going to take him to a bog? I don't know.
0: Sure. Uh, but anyway, Seanan is awesome. Uh, we talk about cats and our, our pin collections. She and I are both obsessed with certain types of pins. She collects every Scotty Young pin that is made. Uh, she's a huge X-Men fan, as you'll find out in the uh, conversation. And it's so great that she's writing Spider-Gwen. Go, Spider. Yeah. Uh, she's really into it. She's Plus, she's also a novelist of much renown with
1: 20 books out something like that oh just 20
0: yeah uh she's award-winning she's wonderful uh and yeah just listen to our interview uh she's pretty great shannon how you doing i'm doing pretty well how are y'all pretty dang good now we're recording this in uh, like a sound booth? Or yeah, a studio? In, we're
3: in like a play recording booth where we can actually go ahead and have a jam session if we wanted to, but we're instead going to talk about comics and writing and spare you the noise. I really it's want so
4: to, noisy. I
3: want
0: to play these drums so badly. But, and one of the things we always like to talk about when we, we chat with someone is, what is your Marvel origin story? How did you get introduced to Marvel characters and stories and all that good stuff?
4: So, uh, when I was nine years old, a comic book store opened about three blocks down the street from my Aunt Debbie's place. And I was enough older than all of the other kids that when we went to Aunt Debbie's, it was a constant game of how do we keep Shannon from drowning the other children in the pool. And uh, the You sound the, fun. I am fun. I'm, I'm a good time, but I was not a natural babysitter. Uh, and so when the comic book store opened, basically all the adults went, oh, thank heavens, here's $5, go away. So I went up the street to Flying Colors Comics and other cool stuff in Concord, California, which is still there today, and discovered... That one, they would let me in the store, which was not true of all comic book stores with unaccompanied children at the time for good reasons. And two, that they had these bins of discount comics and everything in the discount comic bin was a quarter. So I started buying things just completely at random and discovered that all the stories I wanted to follow and all the characters I fell completely in love with were coming from the same company. They were all coming from Marvel, which made my life very easy, except for the part where I was buying all the Spider-Man comics and all of the X-Men comics, and I did not have that many quarters. And then the Green Goblin threw threw Gwen Stacy off a bridge. So I decided I was done with Spider-Man because you don't do that. And just moved over to X-Men, and that was better because they did not throw Gwen Stacy off a bridge.
0: <laughs> no, they just turned uh, one of the the X-Men into uh, a world-destroying, awesome force of cosmic nature. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Whatever. She's great. Or is she?
4: She's so oh, fun. Jean Grey? She seems fun. I am not Jean Grey's biggest fan. Oh. No. Why? Because Jean was introduced in a time when frequently female characters, their entire role on the team was team mom. They were there to be the girl. And because Jean is so iconic, you know, she's the origin point for a lot of female ex-readers, when she comes back, she has not historically been allowed to develop very much beyond that initial point. And what that means in a lot of Jean Grey-centric stories is that in order to keep Jean in her role, to keep her as... The girl, all caps, all of the other female X Men have to be reduced in some way. They have to be made less awesome so that Jean can seem more awesome without straining the bounds of already strained comic book credulity. That's not Jean's fault. I know she's a fictional character and it all comes down to how she is utilized, but I love so many of the other female X Men. I'm such a big fan of theirs that I don't like it when. Any character, by their presence, has to make them less. I think some of the modern handling of Jean is doing a very good job of, of working around that. X-Men Red is not doing that. The stories with young Jean haven't really been doing that. I enjoyed Ultimate Jean. But that original start Point, 616 Jean Grey... We just don't get along. Also, for all that comic book death is never permanent, and that's intentional, right? Like, we want that kind of revolving door so everyone has a chance to see their favorite character come back. Jean earned the perfect comic book ending. You know, she saved the world. She ascended to become a white phoenix of the crown. She was running the white hot room. This is Jean Grey goes and becomes a demigoddess. And there's a certain amount of, why are y'all pulling her back? You gave her what you say you want her to have. You gave her a perfect conclude. Let her have a nap and a cookie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that does sound like a lot of pressure to put on her. Yeah. But um you've been talking about X-Men and you mentioned that you stopped reading Spider-Man because of Gwen Stacy, I did. but now you're writing Ghost Spider. I am. What is it like to write for Gwen Stacy?
4: So My editor uh, on X-Men Gold Annual Number 2 was Kathleen Wisniewski, and she was delightful to work with. She's the person that reached out and said, hey, do you want to write a Marvel comic? And and then I made noises only dolphins could hear for a while. Um, (laughs) My dog might have heard it. Yeah, your dog might. My cats were frightened, but I called my brother. And I was still making those horrifying dolphin noises. I could not yet make words. And he's like, okay, okay, I think these are happy noises. I don't think you're dying. I'm pretty sure you just hit E above high C. Seanan, did they give you the (laughs) X-Men? Because he is very adept at reading dolphin sounds. So she had asked if I would be willing to consider doing work for anyone but the X office. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. I love a lot of Marvel characters. Uh, Really, the only character I think I couldn't take a stab at writing is the punisher because his superpowers are bullets and a dead wife and that really is not <laughs> in my bailiwick. So I, I would consider things, but it would have to be a really good fit. And then she's like, okay, cool. Uh The spider office would like to give you a call. And I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I like Peter Parker, but I'm really not sure that I would be I okay, sure, give me a call, whatever. Like, making Marvel like me more is never a bad thing when I want the X-Men. A- and they called, and she goes, so, hi, how are you doing? We were wondering if you might want to write for Spider-Gwen. And then all sound ceased. There's like a five-minute blank spot where the angels just sang. Uh, and I went, r- r- Really? This is clearly a terrible prank. You let me write an X-Men comic just so you could play this terrible prank on me. No, really, we think it'd be great. You know, Jason and Robbie are wrapping up their run. We're going to want to continue. Um, it's, it's amazing. I am excited every time I get to see a piece of art or talk to my artist or clear something by my editors. And it's just, it's everything. I mean, I still want my X title, but this is not a thing I ever thought I'd get to do. And I am overcome with joy.
3: Yeah, because this, I always felt so bad for Gwen Stacy because
4: it seems like she was created just to die. She, she was actually, um, she was for a while the endgame girl. She was who Peter was supposed to wind up with. And you see echoes of that uh, throughout 616, even after her death during the House of M event when the Scarlet Witch rewrote reality to give Magneto everything he wanted. You know, she really wanted to give everyone everything they wanted so that no one would break her illusion and that's a world where we see that Peter is married to Gwen and MJ is off having a fulfilling career that makes her happy. Gwen was his first true love and is in some ways an even bigger piece of guilt than Uncle Ben. You know Uncle Ben taught him that lesson but Gwen reinforced it in a very painful neck snappy sort of way.
0: You know for someone who didn't grow up reading Gwen's adventures because when I got into Spider-Man you know like he and Mary Jane were already married so for me it was like Spidey and and MJ but then going back and you read a lot of those stories and how important she was to who he is is brilliant
4: it's interesting because I was getting all my comics out of the quarter bin they're all 10 years older than people think my touch points should be so they're like wait you read that when you were eight Are you 60? (laughs) No, I was just buying damaged comics out of a quarter box. I also have a complete run of Creepy and Eerie magazine from Warren because it was only the cheap stuff for me.
0: uh, When I was younger, my mom and I, we would do laundry and we would go to the laundromat and it was right next to a used bookstore. And so that's how I got introduced to Burn Claremont Mm X-Men was buying similar, like really cheap, beat up copies of, you know, X-Men from like, 110 to 150 like I think one of the first stories I remember reading was the Christmas holiday issue with Kitty and the Nagari and where she is it's right after Days of Future Past the last issue of Claremont and Byrne and that like solidified for me oh Kitty's the best oh yeah Kitty is the best and I was like I want to know all about her and I know you're a big Kitty fan.
4: I am. I, I love Kitty Pride.
0: Yeah. Uh, was she the like one of your touch points getting into the X-Men further?
4: She really was uh, because Kitty was just enough older than me to be super aspirational. Like, I look at her now and go, oh my gosh, you're a baby and they're letting you fight everything. It's but wild. It's wild. But when I was nine which I was for a good chunk of my early X-Men adventures. When I was nine, a 14-year-old going to space and fighting aliens made perfect sense because 14-year-olds are grown-ups, right? Like, they can wear mascara and date boys. And it was incredible having her there to hang on to. And she still did the adult stuff. I love the New Mutants. The original team, the original New Mutants team is one of my perfect X-teams. But I agree with Kitty that it was kind of junk to go, OK, Kitty, well, you're 16 and you've saved the world 23 times. Go be a new mutant now. Like, what? I am I am not new. All the shine has been worn off. I do not have that new hero smell. Screw you.
0: <laughs> um, we also, we were talking earlier, do you like, you're an Emma Frost fan? I'm a
4: big Emma Frost fan.
0: You know, it's interesting. We were talking with Leah Williams recently, and uh, she, too, Mm -hmm. Big Emma Frost fan.
4: Yeah, Leah is actually writing the Emma Frost issue of X-Men Black, and she is literally the only person in the Marvel stable who could be writing that issue who is not me, that would not trigger me just looking at my editor reproachfully for about a week. Leah and I have uh, slightly different takes on Emma, but they are similar enough that we can see our Emma in the other person. Leah's great. I I adore her. I love Emma because she's a teacher. She is here to make sure the current generation of mutants survives to make the next generation of mutants. She's not here for Xavier's dream. She's not here for Magneto's dream. She is here to make sure that you can balance your checkbook, spell, cook something, dress yourself, because dear God, children, what are you doing? (laughs) And maybe not melt people by mistake. You want to melt them on purpose? She's okay with that because she really – it's not that she doesn't have a moral core. She does. I know people laughed when there was the throwaway joke about telepathic ethics with Emma Frost. But really, if you go by the comics and by the canon, she has better telepathic ethics than either Xavier or Jean Grey because she's not coming at it from a point of I am good and right and moral and just and therefore my choices are justified. I you think know.
0: everybody has better telepathic ethics than Charles Xavier. But Agreed. That's Agreed. Neither no, here that's, nor there. That's neither
4: here nor there. Yeah. I, I adore her. And when she's being handled by someone who approaches her that way, you can get some really nuanced stuff. I, I mean, look at the first generation X run, where as soon as she's put in charge of a school, she's still fashionable. She's still attractive. She's still sexy. But she's in a pantsuit mm-hmm. because she is not going to make. Skin, who is not comfortable with women being underclothed at that time. She's not going to make him uncomfortable while he's supposed to be in class. She's going to dress enough to be less immodest. It's a choice you know, and she's just lovely. I have the very first image of Emma Frost ever. It was a poster that was distributed to comic book stores six months prior to her first X-Men appearance. So it's a picture of Emma at the control board for the Massachusetts school with her hellions arranged behind her. They're very difficult to find. I have one framed above my writing desk so that if I'm not getting my work done, Emma Frost judges me. <laughs> <laughs> That's very motivational. I love
0: that. I, 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 you know, it's something we talked about Leah as well. It's like, Emma as teacher is so important to me and so devastating at the same time because you have the Hellions. Mm. You have everything that's gone on. You have Negasonic Teenage Warhead.
4: (sighs) Yeah. Find her hands. (laughs) Oh.
0: Uh, You've got like genosha genosha
4: genosha my mother knows very little about the x-men other than i love them and they're scattered around the house all the time but whenever i am angry about something going on in comics which i think everyone who reads comics is angry at some point uh whenever i'm angry she literally goes there, there where were you when our babies were burning (laughs) Uh, because i have quoted that emma frost line so many times in rage
0: Oh, boy. I got chills. The, oh, man. Oh, that, that, so that whole
4: thing. You know, where? why do you want us to fight for you? Where were you when Genosha fell? Where were you when our babies were burning? It's just like, okay, Emma is not here to play ever again. Mm-mm.
0: Uh, but for your X-Men Black story, what are you working on? Mystique.
4: Mm-hmm. I have had the best time with Mystique. She is a delight. And I think it's very easy to look at her power set and think it's easy and think that it's simple, that, oh, all she has to do is change and she gets anything. But she has got to be the best actress on the planet because she doesn't just step in and replace people. She can step in and replace your spouse, your children, your boss. How quickly would you notice if someone that wasn't one of those people stepped into your life? She has got to have an eye for nuance and gesture and character that Frankly, she could take a year off and win every single theatrical award in the world if she got bored. And it being Raven, I wouldn't be surprised if she had at some point. Like, there's there's a Tony winner somewhere in the past. Came out of nowhere. Won every acting Tony. Disappeared. Oh, she's an EGOT. Yeah, she is. She's totally an she's EGOT. She's a total EGOT. And she's she's 150,
0: 200 years old. One hundred fifty
4: two. The, the sliding scale of comics time, yeah. eventually she's going to be a millennial old. <laughs> but, you know, she's she's a couple hundred years old. She has all this time. So I did a, a day in the life of Mystique. It's a relatively simple heist, but it's a simple heist that gets very complicated because Raven Darkholm is at the helm. And it was just delightful. I'm so happy to have gotten to trot out my villain as well as my hero.
0: That's so fun.
4: I'm still so confused by the X Men. <laughs> we'll get
3: you there. I know. We'll get you there. I, I, there's there's a lot. But the X Men is very confusing. Yeah. Thank you. I thought both Emma Frost and Mystique were bad guys.
4: <laughs> Emma has actually been a good guy for more of her time than a bad guy. She was created as a bad guy. She was kind. Of, well, she was created for Kitty Pride, Ironically, she was created uh, to kind of be the anti Xavier, and unfortunately. Because Xavier has no telepathic ethics at all, they created a very heroic villain because that's what it takes to counter a very villainous hero. So Emma has been a good guy for more of her time than she has been a bad guy. I I keep joking, but it's really not a joke that if I ever do get an X-Men title, I will try very hard to convince them that I should get to have a backup feature called Pixie Explains It All, <laughs> which is just Megan Gwynn, Pixie, with one or two pages going, let's talk about how Miss Frost keeps her clothes on. Let's explain why sometimes <laughs> Professor McCoy sheds in the shower and sometimes he does not. Magic is weird. Here's Ilyana Rasputin. Uh, because it is. It's very complicated. It's very complicated. It's very confusing. Do you have so, a favorite
0: uh, go-to X-Men story?
4: Oh, uh, just general go-to, honestly, is House of M. I love the House of M because it's such a glorious exploration of what makes these characters the people they are. Everything about them had to change to fit into this world, but they are still, at core, the same people. And you get to see, okay, what makes them happy? In a perfect world, what makes them happy? And which of them is willing to accept that they're allowed to be? It's mm, good. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I, uh, that's, a, that's a great era right out of that, too. Oh, yeah. And what it does for so many characters. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful stuff. One of the things that we're here at this museum, we're looking at the Marvel Universe of Superheroes mm-hmm. here at Mopop, and we were standing around uh, in between some of our shoots, and I was looking at this Captain Marvel page, and I was like, I don't know why they did this. And you came in, and you you gave me some awesome information about some of the art there, something that even the curator didn't have full perspective on. Uh, and There was a piece of vellum on this captain marvel page and why was that
4: Uh, that's because there were some design changes after the fact and vellum when you put it over bristol it hears really really well it doesn't tend to peel it will yellow but the yellowing is not something that gets picked up on reproduction during the time when the art is likely to be being reproduced and you won't have visible lines to course correct
0: how do you have this kind of knowledge about the art
4: uh well I, i went to art school for a little while i worked in animation for a little while I still do art. I actually storyboard all my own scripts to make sure that the dialogue fits on the page. And then I never show those to my artist because I'm not a jerk. <laughs> um, I draw a webcomic, which I do almost entirely on Bristol board. And when I patch it, I patch it with vellum because that is the right way to go about anything too big to be done with Whiteout. So art is good. Everyone should do different things. Yeah.
0: I also want to make sure we uh, we hit a little bit more on uh, Ghost Spider because this is part Yay! of it launches out of the Spider-Geddon event, which uh, I I got the breakdown. I know what's happening. I I can't wait for fans to see where she goes and what's going on with her. How exciting is it for you to be part of a Marvel event?
4: It is simultaneously exciting, educational, and a really good way to start because it cannot get any more hectic than this. (laughs) You know, my poor artist, uh, we were waiting for... Certain things in Spider-Geddon to get nailed down before Rosie could actually finish the last couple pages of issue one. And meanwhile, the deadline is breathing down both of our necks. It has to be done. But until Spider-Geddon locks, we can't lock. And so even though a lot of my time is not directly meshed to the event, it is influencing absolutely everything we do. It's also, I think, a good test because now Marvel can be like, hmm, does she keep secrets? I keep secrets. (laughs) I am very good at the keeping of secrets, yes. I don't even know how many covers issue one will have, which has been very distressing for me.
0: Oh, because you're going to have to have them all, right? Well,
4: apparently... And this is is one of the best perks I have encountered thus far of writing for Marvel. Because I wrote my editor and was like, hey, um, so my comic book store says some of these covers are super quantity variants. and They're going to be hard to get. Is there any way I could just buy them from you? Like, I really feel it's important that I have a full set of issue one. And they were like, when it's a big title, we send the author one set of all the covers. Like, I literally just kind of sagged with relief. Just like, oh, thank <laughs> God. Uh, because my mother would have hit me not hard (laughs) but that's sort of like mom punches you in the shoulder going darn it if she couldn't at least see them all it is fascinating working for a larger company this isn't my first time doing comics i did a creator-owned title for thrill bent which is mark wade and john rogers comic company but with them because it was creator-owned i was absolutely driving all the time here obviously marvel is driving and that's good I don't own these characters. I'm curating them for right now. I'm taking care of them. It's like babysitting.
0: Um, but before we wrap up, I just want to ask, uh, you're also a YA author uh, or novelist?
4: I'm a novelist. Yeah, I have 43 uh, books currently available, both yeah, under my own name and the name Mira Grant. Uh, Mira Grant. I... There is there is an upcoming Mira Grant YA novel, which just got announced yesterday. So this is the first time I'm saying it out loud, which is Mira is launching the new Alien franchise YA line. That's cool. I know. Like, cool. Alien YA. Teenagers love gore. When I was a teenager, I saw every horror movie I could get my hands on. Oh, same. For the most part, I'm like super happy that I was a teenager in the 90s when I didn't have to worry about social media bullying and all of that because I was a total nerd. Um, Praise be. Yeah. But but (laughs) part of me is like I really wish that I could just bring teenage me to my living room so that she could watch the Infinite flood of horror movies on Netflix because it would have made me so happy when I was sixteen to just be like, I could watch horror movies for six hundred (laughs) hours. I don't need to pee. (laughs) Um,
0: As a a, an author of many novels and then now doing more comics, Mm. you know, more and more comics, especially as you talked about, for another company. How does it work for you when you're writing comics versus writing your novels versus even writing the YA stuff?
4: Well, literally everything I am writing 90% of the time is already under contract. So I, I don't have the luxury of headspaces. What I have is the luxury of deadlines. Mm. And that is a much crueler master to follow than stopping and waiting for like, do I feel like I should work on this? Well, my editor feels like I should work on this and he knows where I live. Um, the difference between writing books and writing comics is mostly a matter of description. When I am writing a book, I have to make sure everyone knows what everyone in a scene looks like, what is going on, where they are positioned. When I'm writing a comic, a lot of the time those choices aren't necessarily mine to make. They belong to my artist because I want this to feel like a collaboration. I want every artist I work with to want to work with me again. And part of that is knowing when to back off and when to give them the space to have the freedom to show why they have that job and i don't um also i've done licensed work before i wrote for star wars i'm writing for alien and those belong to franchisees but the closest analogy would be if marvel said hey and why don't you write a ya book that is set within the x-men franchise but features no x-men it's a group of mutants we haven't seen before who are going to summer camp, or who are stranded at an amusement park or something, so that we're following these creator-developed characters as they figure out what they are. It would be a Runaways situation. I think that's actually very much how Runaways came about, was create this team. With a normal book, I own everything. I'm doing all the heavy lifting, I'm taking all the rewards, and I'm taking all the risks. And that is a very different amount of, of effort in some ways. Writing comics is hard, But the biggest hardship of comics is remaining aware at all times that you are part of a legacy. You are building pieces of something that is going to outlast you. And every word has to not only be in character for the moment, it has to be in character for the greater continuity of that character. When I started writing The X-Men Gold Annual, which was my first Marvel comic, I literally had to stop and cry five times on the first page because this is this is canon. If it got retconned tomorrow, if it got thrown away tomorrow, it wouldn't matter because even something that has been wiped from canon was still canon at one point and still exists somewhere in the greater multiverse. And the responsibility of that, the weight of that makes you slow down a lot because I am stopping every moment and going... Does this serve the character? Does this serve the situation? Does this serve the story? And all three of those questions have to be answered before I move on to the next panel. It takes a lot longer.
0: That was awesome. It's cool. It makes me happy that you're doing what you do. Yeah. Hearing you say that.
3: So I have a twelve-year-old cousin who is who loves Spider Gwen. Yay! And she's starting to sort of get into the newer comics. Talk about. I want you to. He- I want to hear you talk about. If you could write for your nine-year-old or 12-year-old self and tell her what you are doing now and how you think
4: your younger self would react. If I could actually like reach through time without... If I could create yeah. another timeline because I don't want to destroy the conditions that right. led me to here. Without, it's very important yeah, that we're in a multiverse Without here. upsetting the time-space continuum. But if I could contact nine-year-old me and say, hey, when you're an adult... Gwen Stacy has spider powers. Gwen Stacy is a superhero and she gets to save people and she gets to have wild adventures and she gets to web swing. And also she gets to play the drums in a punk band. I'm pretty sure nine-year-old me would decide that I was another adult lying to her and try to find a way to throw things at me. But she would be very excited if I could get it through to her. She would be a little heartbroken to hear that Emma Frost was my favorite X-Man. Like, I don't think she'd be okay with that because for her, Emma is still the headmistress of the Massachusetts Academy and is still torturing Kitty Pride. And also, how is anyone ever cooler than Ilyana Rasputin? It's not possible, and and she would have some very valid points, but yeah, I just I think when you're younger and you're, well, Ryan, you
3: found the the cover of the comic that made the X Men Executioner song, mm-hmm. you were like this made this made your life, this forged your path. Oh yeah, and these comics, the X Men forged your path when you were eight or nine years old, and I'm thinking about Julia so much because she's at that exact age oh, yeah. now, and I'm like. I have to get her some of these stories,
4: some of these Marvel stories,
3: so she could go down the right path. They announced at
4: San Diego Comic-Con that I was going to be writing Ghost Spider. I was actually in the audience for the panel and had come to to see what happened. Uh, and after that, I got I got my picture with every Spider-Gwen cosplayer I could find at San Diego. We started at the airport and just moved on. But on Sunday, a family that was entirely dressed as characters from the Spider-Verse with an eight-year-old Spider-Gwen came and found me. And I got pictures with the eight-year-old Spider-Gwen. And she was just overcome with joy. And I'm overcome with joy. And I'm writing for her. And that doesn't mean that you write down at all. I was reading these comics when I was nine and I was fine. We all find comics as children. Or hopefully we do when we move on from Archie and Veronica and other aimed at kids comics. We go to the superheroes. We never required that the stories be simplified. We never required that they talk down to us. We just required that there be a certain sense of hope baked into the universe, that good will win, that evil will not triumph. And I'm writing for her. I don't know this little girl's name. I may never see her again, but she's so excited to know that someone who loves Gwen is going to be writing for Gwen. And I'm so excited to know that she'll be at her local comic book store on October 24th with her parents so that she can get that first issue in her hands.
0: And uh, that's kind of the perfect way to end this, this episode. Thank you, Shana. Woohoo! Where can fans find you online?
4: So my name is spelled S E A N A N. McGuire. McGuire. If you can spell that, you can find me because when you have a difficult to spell name, you're very consistent in your branding. So I'm Sean and McGuire on Twitter. My website is SeananMcGuire.com. I'm Sean and McGuire on Tumblr, but you're probably less interested in that because my Tumblr is 97% pictures of snakes. Now, if you like pictures ooh. of snakes, please feel free to come and look at them and go ooh, yay! Uh, they're very fancy, but it's not difficult to find me. Uh, it's also not difficult to find me in real life there's a list of appearances on the first page of my website it's pretty well updated it tells you where I'm going to be I have very flashy hair it's very recognizable it's rainbows it's uh, yeah it's sunset <laughs> in the cornfield is what we call it and we have a good time
0: uh, thank you Shannon. thanks, thanks really for having me thank you Seanan thank you once again to Shannon. that was a fun interview I'm glad we got to do it while we were in Seattle are there bogs in Seattle here's what I don't understand
1: I don't really know okay Fair. I got it. I, I, I think it's just like the Puget Sound, right? Isn't that what's there? You guys don't at me. If, yeah. if I'm wrong, just like accept that I'm bad at geography. Fair. Uh, but it is time for our community segment. Uh,
0: so again, you can send your questions and comments using Twitter, using hashtag this Week in Marvel. Email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Marvel. Marvel. First up is Raph AB saying that this week in Marvel panel at New York Comic Con is starting in the best way possible. Never heard of Sarah Benincasa or Mike Trucker before, but now I want to know more about them.
1: Oh, man, I'm so happy, honestly, that you know about them because they are such funny people. Uh, they're great people to follow online. And I always love... Um, I follow Sarah a lot and I love, she'll get a comic book sash and like instant it, which I always think is super fun. Yeah.
0: She's tremendous. She's so funny. So uh, funny. She's doing really good work, like good things out there as well. And uh, she's, she's just a tremendous force for awesome. And Mike is, he's so self-deprecating. So funny. so funny. So nice. He does, we talk about it in the panel, he does a video game show of like, a live show playing bad video games. <laughs> it's just the most fun idea. I yeah. want to do it.
1: Do it and do it. Uh, Simon Williams tweeted, this week in Marvel of the week, for 10-3 is champions, number 25. Fui, fui, fui. I mean, I added that. Yeah, the fui, did. fui is me. But the rest was Simon Williams. Yeah. I really
0: appreciate that you said the this Week in Marvel instead of the Twim of the Week because I've always loved that someone's pick is called their Twim even though it means they're This Week in Marvel of the Week which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's made me so happy for all the many years we've done this show. Champions so good uh, new champions on the way with Jim Zub yeah. uh, and, Shawn Com- uh, and Stephen Cummings and it's going to be terrific. The tech lord, our boy Lex Pendragon says, I've decided my favorite celebrity in Warp World is Neil deGrasse Harris, the dancing, acting astrophysicist. Holy crap. That's
1: amazing. Yeah. If you guys um, aren't doing the math right with your brain, it's Neil deGrasse Tyson mixed with Neil Patrick Harris. Clearly, those two Neils have three names and should be one.
0: Yeah. It could also be Neil dePatrick Harris. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of ways to go with it, but... Uh, that's it for our community stuff this week. So thank you for listening. We'll have next week's episode will be cool. That'll be more uh, for Marvel's Daredevil Season 3 exclusively on Netflix and so much more. We got a lot. It's Heck, a week.
1: yeah. You're You're a busy dude, Ryan.
0: Yes. And so are you, Lorraine. Let's finish out. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel.
1: Your universe.